Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The word of God for the people of God. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. We often read this story as a story of hospitality, or being present, or even what the best ways to spend our time are. And even though we often read it this way, it can also and actually be read as a story of Jesus allowing people to claim their own power, to claim their own calls and gifts. There's something that's so invigorating about this story for me, especially as somebody who knows the underrepresentation of women, especially in scripture, but also today, not a ton has changed. We begin this story with Jesus walking towards Mary and Martha's house. We can imagine that Jesus was exhausted since he'd been walking for quite a while. And Mary and Martha are preparing for him to arrive. Martha especially was still preparing for his arrival when he got there. She likely thought a special guest is coming to my house, a very special guest, and he's been traveling this long way to come and see us. And so I should make him a nice meal and make him feel comfortable. So when Jesus got there, Martha welcomed him in, and then she went back to cooking or cleaning or whatever she was up to. But then we read that Mary, on the other hand, she dropped everything when Jesus walked into the door. And the scripture said that she sat at his feet, listening to what he was saying. Let's pause here and go into some context about what was happening at this time, especially in terms of gender roles in scripture. Martha, she was doing her duties as a woman in that time. She was behind the scenes. She was making sure the moving parts were in place so that Jesus and the other people sitting with Jesus were taken care of. But whether Martha knew it or not, Martha was being countercultural. The author of Luke refers to Martha as well as Mary by their name. And that is a means of status for the authors of the Gospels. Mary and Martha, they weren't referred to in relationship to Lazarus or anyone else for that matter. They were called by name. And that simple act of using their names denotes that they were highly regarded by Jesus. They both were regarded as disciples, as true leaders in this Jesus movement. And so this passage teaches us, among many things, that women were active leaders throughout the Jesus movement. So back to our story, Martha is doing the housework, which is what she knew to do at the time. And her sister Mary was out with 
Jesus talking with him and learning from him. Mary was doing that which only men with high status did at the time, talking to this incredible figure, Jesus, while other people did the rest. I have to believe that if Jesus had a problem with what Mary was doing, he would have found a tactful and loving way to tell her to stop and go back to her womanly duties. But Jesus never did that. And that is one of the most remarkable parts of the story to me. Jesus invited women to be a part of his movement. And even more than that, he understood the value of these two women, Mary and Martha, the value of them participating fully, learning from him so that they could go out and make disciples in his name. Jesus invites both of these women into this discipleship making ministry. First, Mary, by honoring her desire to sit at Jesus' feet, followed by Martha, by inviting her to come out and to join them. Martha, at one point, was stressed by all that she had to do. And so she went out to ask Jesus for help. She was saying, Jesus, can you help me convince my sister to come back in here so that we can finish this meal for you? And this was Jesus' response. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. We often read this as a scolding from Jesus, as Jesus somehow telling Mary that she was doing the better things. But I think instead that Jesus' response was more so one of invitation to Martha, an empowerment of Martha to go and learn from Jesus so that she too could make disciples. Martha had just been doing what she was told, and then Jesus steps in and tells her, Beloved, you are my disciple. Come and learn from me. Martha is told by Jesus that this role she has always understood as a role that she could never fill was in fact where she was being called to go and serve. Jesus helped both of these women understand their true place in the body of Christ, regardless of societal or political or social norms. Something that you all should know about my story is that some of the most powerful moments that I have experienced, some of the times I felt most connected with God, happened at summer camp. I attended Birchwood Camp in Chuviak, Alaska, ever since I was five. And I went from a camper to a junior counselor to a counselor and then to a dean. And last summer, I was the dean for Faith Adventure Camp, where I was surrounded by 60-plus fourth through sixth graders, and I was tasked with the overwhelming task of teaching them something exciting and worthwhile about God, about making that worship experience exciting for these people who had spent their days swimming and boating and playing with their archery sets and their friends. If you've worked with kids in any capacity, it won't surprise you when I tell you that young people always teach me way more than I can ever teach them. One day I was walking around camp taking photos of the kids at their activities and I stopped at the craft table. 
A group of fourth grade girls were busy stringing their name tag with colorful beads. One of them stops me and asks if I want any beads on my name tag, and of course I did. And so excitedly they grab my name tag off of my neck, put it down on the table, and three of them busily get to work. The girl sitting next to me glances at my name tag and she notices that it says pastor on it. Quietly she asks me, why does it say that? And I tell her that I am a pastor and that is my job at camp this week. This girl's face, it lights up immediately. And she told me she didn't know girls could be pastors. I thought only boys did that, she said. I want to be a pastor too, she tells me. And I replied back, I want that too. As I was re-adorned with my name tag necklace, now styled with glitter beads, I realized the Holy Spirit was working hard at that craft table. God was giving permission and was inviting this little girl into a ministry she had no idea she could be a part of. And this girl, she experienced freedom and an opening of her eyes because of that invitation. The good news today is that Jesus empowers us to jump into things we never knew were possible for us. Martha, while making Jesus' meal, had no idea that she could ever be the one sitting at Jesus' feet. She had no idea that she would be trusted with sharing that good news. But Jesus, full of compassion and grace and determination, always extends that invitation. Where are the areas in your life, church, that you have written off as too far, as too much, as not for me or not right now? What dreams are we as a church setting aside as impossible or inconvenient or not the right time? Where do we, like Martha, need to notice the invitation that we are already given through Christ, through grace, to do big things? I'm going to invite us to name those things today. You're going to notice a piece of paper in your bulletin, I hope, either blue or white, I think. And on that piece of paper, I want to invite you to write down at least one big idea or dream role or thing that you would love to do but still need that invitation into. This can either be for yourself personally or for us as a church family. What is something that feels impossible? that you didn't know was a possibility that you would love an invitation to. Or maybe it's that you've already received an invitation to but need a jumping off point to grow further into your call. The thing that I wrote down on my piece of paper, my dream, the thing I felt called to dream about recently is a queer discipleship group. In my mind, this would be a place for community, for fellowship, and for spiritual growth for members of the LGBTQIA community. And I can always create obstacles in my mind, or excuses in my mind, for why now is not the perfect time to start this new thing. 
or why it wouldn't succeed, or how only X number of people would show up. I can always do that in my mind. And that's why I'm naming that thing today. And that's why I'm inviting you all to name your dreams too. Because Jesus has empowered all of us with this gift of big ideas to follow our call to making disciples. Let's take a minute or two to write those things down. It doesn't have to be a full, fleshed-out plan. I'm not asking for a business model. I'm not even asking for it strategically to work. We're not going to follow up with each person by name. But we would like to know those ideas. And so go ahead and write your word or two or your sentence or your short paragraph, however it works. And while you do that, just think through the dreams that you have for yourself and your community. When you're done, hold on to them, and we're going to put them in the offering plate. And then um, I will collect those after, and uh, Reverend Jeanette and I are going to look at them, and we're going to pray for these big ideas and how they might grow our church and grow us as individuals. So let's take a few minutes to do that right now.
God, today we ask that you continue urging us toward a place of discomfort, a place of potential, a place of new life and growth. For you are inviting us to serve in big ways, through faith and through radical love. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.